0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Lewis and Kyle Show, an interview podcast where we bring on people that we think we can learn from. Whether they've achieved some of the goals that we have for ourselves, are experts in a specific topic area, or just have a cool story to share, we bring them on to learn a little bit more about them, how they think and how they've done what they've done. Kyle, who do we have on in this episode?
1: Hey, Lewis. Today we have on Slade Johnston. Lewis and I met Slade Johnston at the Edge Entrepreneurship Center in Tuscaloosa, where he started and runs Trips for Trade along with two other companies. Trips for Trade, his main company, allows you to trade any experience for another in an Airbnb style. Slade walks us through how he got started, how he won over $75,000 in competition prize money, and how he took in over $300,000 in outside investment as well as the challenges and the high points that he's seen with building these three businesses. It was a really interesting conversation, and we are excited for you to listen to it.
0: Cool. Thanks, Kyle. With that, we'll uh, cut right to the interview. Hey, Slade. uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat for a little bit.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. So our first question for you is kind of about how you got interested in The outdoors, travel, hunting, fishing, because that's a really big part of your life and your company. Uh, Those things you're doing kind of before you are even walking and talking. Or tell us kind of about growing up, where you grew up, and how you got into those things.
2: Yeah, so I I was raised in a small town called Butler, Alabama, and um, you know, not a whole lot to do out in the country. We we just got a Dollar General and a McDonald's, so that kind of tells you how small our town was. Um, But so really, what we did is it was sports, and then uh, if you weren't playing sports, it was uh, something outdoors. So. Um, grew up on a family farm very blessed to um, you know to have the farm and have a have a very loving family that would you know, take me outdoors any chance I could get. So I was hunting or fishing about, uh, you know, anytime I was not putting not at school. So even, even checked out of school early sometimes because I had buck fever and, and grandfather wanted to take me to the, to the deer stand. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that was kind of a big part of my childhood and, um, and really just one of my biggest passions is, is especially hunting and, um, you know, kind of fast forward. It's, it's, it's something that's my, you know, my life has really revolved around, um, you know, it's how I spend free time and uh, it's how I've kind of made a lot of friends and um, and even through college, bringing buddies that have never been before down to the farm and uh, kind of introducing them to the outdoors. And, um, you know, so it's something that's that's really a big part of who I am and um, it's taught me a lot of values and it's also, you know, now kind of led to the businesses that we have and um, and kind of the passion behind the businesses and really just the the industry that we want to be in.
0: Well, that's fantastic. I mean, hopefully one day when we're back together, I can be one of those guys who's never been out there you take out because I pretty unexposed to it grown up in the desert, so
2: <laughs> absolutely, man. We'll have to make it road trip.
0: Is that where you're at right now? You kind of back on the farm or
2: yeah, yeah, we're uh, kind of quarantined in here at the at the farm. um just kind of staying away. I've been back to Tuscaloosa just briefly, but um you know, just trying to limit exposure best we can, got mm-hmm. you know grandparents that are still alive and real close with and see often and. Uh, and then my, my sister's got a little two year old and pregnant with twins. So trying to trying to be respectful of everybody and um, just limit exposure and kind of be smart about it.
1: And keep yourself yeah, safe. Okay. That's a lot of high risk people around you. It is, um, man. I know you mentioned your grandfather and I, I know that you guys are really close. And you, you talk about it a lot in your different um, exposés about trip for, trips for trade and your different businesses. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about what his relationship meant to you and, and how you guys spent your time?
2: Yeah. So he was definitely my biggest uh, role model and just one of the most influential people in my life. And, um, you know, very well known in our area, especially just for kind of land management. Um, and then also really for, for hunting and Turkey hunting, he was, he was a great hunter and, um, and really one of the best in in our area for, for Turkey hunting. kind of had that reputation. And, um, you know, so for me, it was, he was my best friend and, um, you know, somebody that I learned a lot from and spent a lot of my free time with and, um, and really that how that kind of led to to the business is it's a really kind of neat story when I was in about middle school um, he he had one bird left in his Grand slam and, and you guys have heard the story but just for the, the listeners I'll, I'll tell it again but um, he had one bird left and, and the Grand Slam is, is harvesting all four subspecies of turkeys around the US and you know something that requires some traveling to do and um and Like I said, when I was in middle school, I really wanted to go on that trip with him. I was like, "Grand, can I please go with you and the guys?" And um, and he was like, "No, once once you get to college, we'll start yours." And what he's really saying is, it was a boys' trip, and uh, he wasn't taking a teenager along with him. So go back and tell grandmother everything they were doing. I'm sure, but anyways, (laughs) they uh, they went on and finished his slam, and um, and I kind of always aspired to do that. And with him, and within my senior year of high school, he got sick, and then my freshman year of college, he passed away, and. That was really the the toughest thing I'd been through because that was my first family member I'd lost and then it was really one of the my family members I was the closest with and um and so kind of going through that that tough time and um my dad was like why don't you and I kind of start your grand slam over the next couple years just in memory of him and started looking at outfitters around the country to do this and I was like, man, this is, this is just too expensive to ask my dad to, to pay for. And I knew I couldn't afford it. It was going to be you know, 5000 five to $10,000 uh, expenses. So, um, But then I started thinking, I was like, you know, we've been blessed with a beautiful place uh, in the country that with great turkey hunting, um, why not swap a trip on our farm for a turkey hunt somewhere else? Um, so I went to social media and, and found a guy that posted some pictures of turkeys and said he's in Colorado and looked like he had a pretty nice farm and Uh, anyways talked to him for a little while and he was like you know I said here you guys have hogs in Alabama I'd love to bring my son hog hunting and um, and so that led to him and his son coming here they both killed their first hogs and then my dad and I uh, went to Colorado to start my Grand Slam and um, and then at that time I was kind of going through the business school at Alabama and you know realized that I'd had some entrepreneurial endeavors that I wanted to do and um, and that was you know, really our first swap that turned into, uh, what now is trips for trade and, and is now a lot bigger than just, uh, just hunting trips.
0: I actually don't think I've heard that full story before. So thank you for sharing that with us. And it's good to know that context. Cause I don't really know where I kind of thought you just had the idea to do trips for trade. I didn't know it kind of started as something you did just for something personal and you realized the potential out of it. So that's a very cool origin story.
2: Yeah. So it, you know, really, really I, I tell people all the time, you know, we built this or, you know, really, I guess I, in the beginning built this for, for me, you know, it was something that um, I wanted to do and I knew there was other people out there doing it just through forums and stuff, but really no credibility. And, um, you know, I just felt like we could build something that was a lot better than a forum and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just connect people very well connected in the hunting industry, especially. And, um, you know, had a lot of buddies that were like, yeah, I'd love to swap for this or I'd swap for that. So, it started started small with connecting you know i think about 20 of guys that i knew around the country and um and then it led to like all right we've got the proof of concept we need now to to put a little bit more money behind this and try to try to open it up to people that i don't know and mm-hmm. uh, and test that and and saw good feedback from that and, and and just started to you know really get serious with it
0: yeah one question i have just taking a step back is i actually don't even know what a grand slam is so a lot of other people probably don't can you kind of explain Little background on just what that means.
2: Yeah, so really, with almost any I say sport, um, you know, you have a grand slam, and it's typically kind of the best of that sport. You know, with baseball, you know, hitting the grand slam is kind of the the ideal thing. Um, but with with hunting, especially with turkey hunting, um, you know, somebody most turkey hunters just a bucket list thing for them is is completing the grand slam. And um, there's actually four subspecies of turkeys in the U.S. And this is harvesting just all four of those. And so, mm. you know, here in, um, you know, Alabama, we have the Eastern, which is the most, um, you know, I guess most popular per state or, you know, in more states than others. Then we have the Miriam kind of, which is uh, where I went to Colorado and uh, kind of, as you go north from there, you have the Rio, which is around Texas. Um, and then you have the the Osceola, which is only in South Florida. So, you know, you have to travel to these different States just to even have a chance to harvest these birds. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just a, just kind of, you know, just a a bucket list item for, for Turkey hunters.
1: Okay. That's awesome. So trips for trade kind of serves as an intermediary between two parties that both have something that the other wants, right? So if I have Alabama tickets and you have a, uh, a hunt that I don't have access to, we can trade the tickets for that hunt and then you get the tickets and I get to go hunting. Right.
2: Correct. Yeah. So, you know, I I told the story about starting with just the Turkey hunt for the hog hunt. Um, You know, fast forward a little bit, doing the due diligence there. We realized that um, there were only forums out there but there wasn't anything out there that was combining multiple categories. So, um, you know, later on in school, I swapped Alabama football tickets for offshore fishing. Um, I, I took a buddy, sur- I mean, uh, turkey hunting here in Alabama for surfing in San Diego. Um, and so, you know, really this evolved in something that, that now is the four categories of outdoors, adventure, vacation, and sports. Um, and then exactly like you're saying, basically you have an asset or a trip or something that you have access to Uh, You would list that on our site. You list what you're interested in trading for. um, And then you can connect with other members on the platform that have what you're looking for. Um, Then you, one weekend, you know, you decide the dates, how many people to bring. Um, You go to their place one weekend and, you know, then a couple months later they might come to your place. Mm
0: -hmm. So it doesn't have to be synchronous. You don't have to kind of high five in the air across as you're, (laughs) as you're traveling East and they're traveling West. (laughs) Correct. Yeah.
2: Really. uh, You know, the only trips that would work that way or, uh, maybe in the sports and the vacation categories, but, um, but really with most of our trips being in the outdoor industry, it's, you're, it's going to be different dates. Mm-hmm. Cause you know,
0: it's all a great, seasonal. It's the right time of year for things.
2: Yep. You know, and, and most of the, the outdoor trips are being hosted. So you'll have a host mm-hmm. um, and, you know, so they'll, they'll, they'll need to be there to take you on the trip versus just hand the keys over to you.
0: That makes sense. Cause I mean, that's the whole point of some of these things is that they're difficult to acquire yourself. Uh, so you yeah. have to have gone through some sort of education or permitting process to even be able to have access to these things in the first place.
2: Absolutely. And, and to, you know, there's, there's a whole aspect. We'd see a lot of people that, you know, we know we're saving people thousands of dollars on these trips, but um, you know, there's a whole other aspect for people that have plenty of money um, and don't necessarily need the savings is the meeting like-minded people that enjoy the same thing they do. And, mm-hmm. and it's really experiencing that trip with somebody that's going to become a lifelong friend after that. So that's a big piece.
1: Yeah. It's a social, a social aspect too. Do you remember the first time that someone posted a trip to trips or an asset to trips for trade that was like unsolicited by you? Someone outside of your network.
2: Yeah. So, um, I'd say it's been, you know, the, the proof of concept has been going on really, this will be our, I guess our third or fourth year of, um, really about the fourth year since we've, we've had just a basic MVP website. Um, and so I would you know, within probably eight months to a year of having the first website up um, is when we actually started approving some of those trips. Um, You know, I don't remember a very specific date, but -hmm. um, we started seeing a lot of traffic from Google. And um, at that point we realized that, all right, you know, we've, we've seen some success with this. Uh, We might as well let some people in and, um, and just kind of test it with people that we don't know. And, some of those early users have already went on swaps and and you know gave us great reviews and it was it's it's been neat to kind of even see the 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 holistic swap between two people that are um, you know non friendly um that we didn't know and so you know you see them find the platform on their own you see them you know connect on their own and then go on the trips and have successful swaps that's the that's the way it's supposed to work and so that was that was kind of really exciting to see that within the first year
0: that's very i mean within one year it's very impressive for so many logistical things to have to happen you know so many other startups it's just a successful use case as someone downloads your thing off the internet plays with it for an hour (laughs) and keeps it on their computer for the next year you're asking like real people to give complete strangers access to like their most prized asset and make a cross-country trip so that's pretty impressive to have all of those things go on within such a short amount of time
1: Yeah, it's like really, it's really good direct validation for the work that you put into the business. Like, your customers are getting lifelong friends and very good experiences out of out of the assets that they trade for. So it's it's really good for you, the founder, to uh, facilitate that. I think. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, So you kind of said you've been doing this since uh, early on in college. So can you talk about the different ways you've kind of partnered with the university or done this through with your education? Uh, along the way because you kind of were you know going through college and doing you know the typical student stuff while building this business so I know you've been partnered you've done the competitions just a little bit about how you've kind of mingled both being a student and doing this company with the university.
2: Yeah so um, you know the the university not only provided me with a lot of I guess mentors and uh, just the the education piece but um, you know being able to have the flexibility in most of my classes to use trips for trade as our, our, class project and have other members, um, you know, helping with that. You know, there was definitely a lot of valuable insights from those, those different group presentations and business plans and everything else that we use for the platform. But, um, but then too, just really the, the networking piece of it, I think that, um, you know, at college is going to be the time of your life when you're really the most connected to just such a, big diversity of pe- group of people. Um, and so being able to, to lean on referrals and lean on, um, you know, your friends and who they know, I think is, is, is important, but I think it's, you know, it's also important to note that, you know, I did that very heavily, but also reciprocated that on my end too. So, you know, mm-hmm. definitely don't just be taking advantage of people, but, uh, in your network there, but, uh, doing it in a way where, where, you know, they're, they're happy to help you cause they know that you're, you know, you're always going to help them as well. And so I don't know, I think that that's a big piece is the networking piece, Mm um, being able to use it in classes and then, uh, very much so the, the, the competitions and, uh, the edge and everything there, just from Mm -hmm. the the local startup resources that we have and funding is, Mm -hmm. has been invaluable.
0: Let's get a little bit more and kind of into the edge and the competitions. I know you've taken in some pretty substantial prize money. How did that change things for you? Once you, uh, won those competitions, took in the prize money, got that, confirmation from all sorts of different people that out of all of these ideas, yours is among the best and the ones that they actually want to put their money at.
2: Yeah. So that, uh, in itself was just so validating, man. It was, um, you know, just to have people that believe in you and, you know, obviously not everybody's going to agree with everything that you're doing and, and the route you're taking. And, uh, you know, didn't ever expect that from the beginning, but, um, but just to have everybody come, together and make a decision like all right this is who we want to go forward with Um, you know says a lot and 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 then really kind of go into um, our investor relationships and Mm -hmm. and meetings there. just having that validation saying you know we've won I think right now we've won 74 grand and um, in competition funding um, plus some other funding with with just grants and stuff and then then we've raised a little over 300,000 from investors so oh wow um, that's you know, some of those investor meetings, having being able to tell them that we just won, you know, fifty, sixty thousand um, dollars in a business plan competition, really lets them know that not only you're serious, but you know, there's that other people believe in them as well kind of aspect mm-hmm. to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And it gives them confidence in you too.
0: Yep, absolutely. As the face of the business. So, how uh, when did you go full time with this? Because I know you did an MBA after you finished undergrad. Uh, So when would you say you've been full-time with this project?
2: Yeah, So, you know, I've been working on it through all through school. Um, You know, it started even in undergrad before we ever formed the LLC. We tried to get something built just for proof of concept and all. And, um, and that's had several, several hurdles along the way, but, um, but I worked all through school and then I finished the MBA program, I guess in May of 2018. And um, you know, just right out the door, we went full-time with this and, and and still am. I you know, I do have two other businesses, but but really they kind of uh kind of manage yourself. Um mm-hmm. more of a brand and then the, the third business is just really a liaison there. So it's just a few emails back and forth every day to to keep that running and growing. But um but yeah, really full time with trips for trade and, and have been since I guess May of eighteen.
1: Can you tell us about those two other businesses?
2: Yeah, so I have Grand Slam Outdoors, which is we kind of marketed as the parent company of all the businesses, just to uh, the plan is to, to build, continue to build a brand, uh, kind of revolved around the outdoor industry there, um, sell apparel hats, shirts, polos, um, and then have a big event in the spring where we have a little over 150 people attend. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of the, like I said, just more of the parent company. We plan to just continue to have new ideas and, and hopefully sell businesses and start new ones and, um, got a long list of different things I want to do after trips for trade and, um, and then just keep that under the, the grand slam brand. Um, whereas, you know, we plan to, to exit with trips for trade and sell that and, and sell the, the other business as well. And, um, the other one is cooler comrade. And so that's, um, basically just a, um, a unique koozie that's got a, a slit in the bottom of it that attaches to the latches of like Yeti coolers and other mm-hmm. premium roto coolers. Uh, very simple, very simple idea. I got a patent pending on that right now. And uh, something that when I was a senior in high school, my dad got a Yeti cooler. And I always had a University of Alabama koozie that I'd mm-hmm. carry around because I knew I wanted to go to Alabama. And, um, and I was like, you know, there's nowhere to put this koozie on the cooler. <laughs> and everybody's always forgetting their koozie's. And I was like, so I had a knife sitting in the truck and you know, cut a slit in the bottom of it, hung it on the cooler. I'm like, well, that'll work. Um, and so then I was like, you know, one day I'm going to, I'm going to sell that to Yeti, just kind of joking around, but Mm -hmm. then go to school and, um, and, you know, get into business school and realize that, you know, really this is a possibility and, um, decided that, you know, once I started Grand Slam Outdoors, like, you know, we are going to go ahead and and start Cooler Comrade too and, um, and see what we could do with that. And so far it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's been pretty profitable since early on um still not putting a lot of time into that waiting to hmm. hopefully get the patent and um bring on a partner with that to kind of to run with it but just letting it organically grow a little bit right now as it will
0: that's awesome have you been selling them then uh the cooler the koozies.
2: Cooler comrade. yeah so we we did i guess 2019 about twenty thousand units or so oh wow um, and so you know mainly just I don't know. Some of some of the wholesale people just want to resell it on their website or even mm-hmm. in a couple stores. Um, and then sometimes just, just marketing promotional items. But, um, but really that's just people that have found us and you know, do zero marketing or advertising for it. It's just word of mouth. And, um, and then just kind of leaning on some of my network, I guess, to, in the that I know that have businesses. Um, and so, you know, like I said, hadn't hit the ground running on that. Got somebody that's going to start, um, after this virus deal ends, mm-hmm um to help really start trying to take that to the next level but um that way i can kind of keep my focus on trips for trade
0: yeah you talk a lot about having a lot of different partners and people working with you on these businesses so i know with the trips for trade you kind of made a, a lot of student interns how have you kind of brought in or gone about bringing in different people to work on these projects with you whether it's interns or coworkers or uh people yeah. you give equity to kind of s- help you run all of these different ideas because you're just one guy with 24 hours a day. So there's there's more to be done than you can handle. Absolutely. Yeah. So
2: really early on, I think what's helped me is um, just being very involved in school and, and building that network and people that, that know they can trust you. And um, I was involved in a, a club on campus that was, was called the National Wild Turkey Federation, just University of Alabama chapter and um, big outdoor nonprofit organization. And um, we ended up, I think when I was president of that, we grew it from about I don't know, 10, 15 members to like over 150 members. And, um, and that was a way that everybody in that club, you know, knew me and I knew everybody in it and, um, everybody was outdoorsmen and believed in it. And so we ended up early on just posting in a, a group me that I made through that, that ended up having like three, 400 outdoorsmen from Alabama in it. Um, and that was a way to just people like, Hey, if you want to be a part of a startup, um, you know, it's unpaid, it's just experience, but you're going to be talking to people that have awesome hunting and fishing trips every day and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, building some really cool connections and, um, and really just being part of something, you know, that you're passionate about. And, um, and you know, if everything goes well, it could lead to something a lot bigger. And, and and so that, that early on, we had several guys just like instantly within a day, like, Oh, I want to help, I want to help, I want to help. So, um, you know, just the, the, just being very transparent with these guys, like, Hey, this might not go anywhere. Um, you know, but I'm gonna take care of you. And, and especially if it does go, it could lead to something, you know, full time or or bigger, even equity if it, if it does well. So, um, that, you know, through talking to some professors, we've got a few interns that have helped. Um, and then, you know, just leaning on, on referrals more than anything for, um, for some of the other positions. And, um, that's, you know, that's kind of been the, the key to growing the team.
0: Uh, so what have been some of the big challenges with building trips for trade? I mean, there's probably been a different challenge every year at the different stages of going it from just an idea to an actual business and now an actual business to like a successful business. So what have been some of those big challenges you've been able to overcome along the way?
2: Yeah. Some of the biggest challenges early is really even still has been tech challenges, uh, okay. with not being a, a tech founder, um, not knowing any, or just knowing the very basics of code, um, you know, started out very early with trying to, I trusted somebody, I found a Google ad for a website builder in Birmingham and, Mm -hmm. um, ended up getting scammed my deposit from that guy. He picked up shop and, um, you know, next time I went over to his office and couldn't get a hold to him, he had, uh, had a, you know, for sale sign on the door and it was cleared out of his office. So one of those deals, um, thankfully, that deposit was only $800, which to me was a ton of money in the big scheme of things. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty small, but, but for, you know, early stage startup where you've got, you know, a thousand to, or a couple thousand dollars max to put into this to see if it's going to work. And you take a, you know, $800 blow to the chin right the, out the gate that, that set me back for a while. Um, you know, set me back for a couple of months to a year until um, I finally found somebody else that could help me build the site and that I could trust. And, um, and then we finally had that deal, found that person, was happy with the site, but it wasn't scalable. So, you know, we weren't able to, basically every trip we'd have to add would cost us $50. Oh my goodness. Um, and we weren't even charging a membership then. So, you know, the, the, the cost there was just way too high. Um, but we knew that going into it, like, Hey, this just allows us to get, you know, from point A to point B to make sure that this is something that people will use. Um, and then we can take it to investors and, and try to take it to the next level. So, then, um, you know, we realized that raising money was going to take a little bit longer than planned and, and still wanted to, um, I guess, have a little bit more proof of concept before we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so found, had somebody, trying to bring somebody on as a as a co-founder uh, on the tech side and realized that, that finding that person was really tough because I couldn't pay them um, and also didn't want to give up a ton of equity because I'd really built, you know, a lot of the value in the company already. Um, and so found somebody that was, was a good fit, ended up, um, just, just paying him for his time after it all said and done, but it ended up just letting me, you know, not pay up front or not pay him hourly, just kind of pay him once we got to the next level. And, um, and so that let us get to the WordPress site that we have now that, that I can actually manage and, uh, pretty much do everything on myself. And, um, and it does have the scale to keep growing it. Um, but you know, I guess all in all, to answer your question, it's we. I'll take it one step further. After that, after raising money and planning to put a hundred thousand into a new website, um, we ran into another firm in Birmingham that that did us really wrong and still ha- still owes us money, haven't refunded us. You know, a third of that down payment. Um, and so, it's just been one tech issue after another. Have been really the biggest biggest hurdles, and finding somebody to that's uh uh, to fill our tech position has been tough thankfully through uh i believe we use zip recruiter we found a guy that um that has a lot of experience that is now you know we have him on the team under a retainer but um and he'll go full-time if need be once we once we launch our new platform so um but yeah like i said answer your question it's really just the the hurdles on the tech side and and finding the right people to employ uh that have the skill set that we need
1: and what have been the most rewarding aspects of Chose for trade for you?
2: Man, really, the the whole process has been uh, has been rewarding. I, I I enjoy the the creative side, and um, you know, trying to find new solutions and, and different ways to market things. I think that's uh, rewarding in itself. Just trying to test new things, um, you know, just building something's pretty rewarding, and being able to actually have a a platform that you know we've got a ton of people using right now um that's that's just awesome you know we you, you can get called up very easily day to day with the struggles and like you know this isn't doing well we need this to do a lot better um but then you know I catch myself every now and then get that email where we've connected two people and they're like yeah I'd love to trade and, and it's like you just save that person thousands of dollars on that trip and you know that kind of brings you back down to to the beginning of it. And like, all right, this is, this is what we're here for. And, um, and, you know, we got to keep that as the focus as, as we're helping people save money and, and get outdoors and go on trips that, you know, that are on their bucket list and, and they probably never planned to do this soon because they, they couldn't afford it or just didn't make sense at the time.
0: That actually gives me a question. That's not really, it's kind of not in the order we've been going, but how would someone who doesn't necessarily have a trip be able to let use your platform to experience something? Is there like a, a retail option or yes, how, so how would that work?
2: We right now, we I, I don't have
0: that. anything, right. I don't have any sports tickets or hunting land. I can say if you walk through some rocks, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, you know, we typically say that just about everybody has something of value that they could trade, whether that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it could be something that, you know, you should talk about walking through some rocks or something, you know, you could be really good at, at mountain climbing or something, mm-hmm. you know, and take somebody along with you on that kind of an adventure side. But, um, but for the most part, you know, that's not our target audience. We really, okay. We're really targeting people that, that do have, uh, you know, something to offer that they're comfortable trading. Um, but we do have the for sale side of the, uh, of the platform. So you could go on there and if our trips say that they're for sale, you could reach out to those people and, um, and buy that trip as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times that'll still be, uh, might even be better pricing than, than going to a big time outfit or somebody that really sells stuff on the regular uh, you can kind of find that Airbnb model where it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, purchases from somebody that's not a, not technically a business, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, we do have that for people that don't technically have anything to trade. Um, and then what we're looking to launch with our new platform after this virus gets through away is, um, like a perks membership. So we're talking with a lot of big brands where, um, you know, our members will have exclusive deals to, you know, a lot of really big name brand, um, companies, and so, you know, we'll have a, a discounted membership might be 35 bucks or something um, that allows you to maybe get discounted prices on buying trips. But it also allows you to, um, you know, to have access to all of these promo codes with all these different brands. So, okay. So you can
0: get um, some great gear and for your trips, like great clothes and uh, equipment, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So they're still targeting sweet. the people
2: that have something to swap and they'll have a, a you know, a higher membership, but, um, but really kind of thinking we're going to launch that, that lower tier membership for people that just want to get access to the perks and, mm-hmm. uh, and deals.
0: That's sweet. Uh, so I think we're going to kind of transition now into some of the more, uh, there's not really a story to the question. They're just kind of one after the other, but Uh, First question here is you've gotten a lot of very good press from the university. Uh, You've kind of been a good success story. You're doing something that's good for the state and kind of promotes a positive cause, you know, using the outdoors, enjoying nature. Uh, So what's it been like to kind of be that, get that press and that attention and have the university behind you like that?
2: Yeah, so that's been incredible. Um, You know, we've, we've been, we've had so much support from the university, from professors and, um, you know, just different mentors around Tuscaloosa that it's just really humbling. Um, you know, never expected, I guess one of the, the coolest things have been the, they did one of the legends videos. Um, and what are
0: those for the people that don't know?
2: Yeah. So basically just do different, tell different um, people stories that were students at, at Alabama, you know, typically alumni um, and just kind of tell their story. It could be all over the place, anything different, just something that is with Alabama roots that have, that have, has a cool story to tell and, um, you know, so they approached us to uh, tell our story about, you know, uh, about our entrepreneur journey and through school and about the business and uh, kind of promote what Tuscaloosa is doing for entrepreneurship. And um, you know, so that was really cool, really high quality video, very well put together, and um, and awesome to, you know, to just it's really just an honor to be be featured in that. And then we were, I guess, awarded at the the chamber meeting for the entrepreneurship award for. For the, the Chamber of Commerce there in Tuscaloosa, and being able to have that video played in front of 500 of some of Tuscaloosa's most well-known people was was really cool. And um, you know, again, it's 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 definitely through a lot of support through people helping out. We we've had a lot of people help us get off the ground. Professors give us advice, and uh, I man, just just a big believer that that God's got a plan, and um, really has has blessed me with with the opportunity and uh, and the right people put the right people in my life.
1: Absolutely. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about some mentors that have helped you uh, grow your business? I know John Casmus is one, your grandfather's another. Um, yeah. So uh,
2: several along the way, some of the professors, Dr. Nadu, Dr. Marino, um, there have been, you know, put a lot of time into it uh, to help me run, let me run ideas by them. Um, and then John Casmus has been just a, just a, you know, very big mentor, spent a lot of time with him. He was actually our first investor and, um, and really just a friend at this point, uh, somebody that's had a lot of success. He founded Zoe's kitchen and, um, several other restaurant chains. And, and now his, uh, his new business is called crazy Casboys. That is just doing tremendously well. Um, but being able to kind of be around people like, especially like him, that have had, have that success. They have that mindset of, of, of think big. And, uh, you know, take some risk and, but, but go all out for it. Um, you know, it's motivating and, and it's, it really kind of helps you have a new perspective on, um, on the different challenges and, and the business. So, you know, without all these mentors, I definitely wouldn't have had, um, the, the help and the experience from my hometown or from Mm -hmm. my family, particularly not really anybody in my family was, was business oriented. Um, you know, super supportive of everything I've done, but, but still not able to really give me a lot of advice on which route to go. And so these people have been, you know, just huge and, trying to make those decisions.
0: Well, so what would you say some of your goals are for this next year, next two years with trips for trade? I know one of them would be launching the new platform and getting that a smooth transition because tech hurdles, obviously. Uh, but besides that, what are some of the milestones you'd like to reach? whether it's the yes. amount of users or trades or whatever.
2: Yeah, so we've we've really got uh, some aggressive growth goals for the first year with, with membership. Um, you know, We'd like to be in the tens of thousands of members um, very quickly, obviously that's, um, everybody would love to move quick, but we've got a lot to learn to get there. Uh, this virus isn't helping us at all. Um, you know, launching the new platform after the virus is is our number one goal right now. That's what we're spending the most time on. Um, you know, having something completely custom built that is uh, you know can provide just the best support for our users and and make the trade flawless and um, and be able to monetize the platform in some different areas. Um, you know, really excited about that. Make sure that, like you said, that transition is done well, and then hiring, bringing on some people on the team um, mm-hmm. that are great fits and um and and yeah just just connecting people we've got you know we, we would love to have everybody that's a member connected you know mm-hmm. trying to get some different goals there of um of i guess the rate that people connect in the first year And we've got a lot of i guess support emails that are going to be automated to help with with just different algorithms that match them with trips to kind of make sure that they're they're seeing trips they're interested in even if they're being passive on the site okay um that's, that's just some stuff we're really excited about to Make sure that our users are having a good experience. Our team is growing, and and then all all in all, that the business is growing.
1: You mentioned that eventually you'd like uh, to sell trips for trade. Now that you've gotten the taste of the entrepreneurial lifestyle, in the future, do you think that you'll ever work a job again, or or do you want to be running businesses for the rest of your life?
2: Yeah, I, I really don't. Um, I don't plan to. Yeah, to go back into the 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 real world in that aspect. Um, you know, I think there's there's so much so much about the entrepreneurship lifestyle that i do love and enjoy and I, I don't think i would be happy doing anything else um yeah there's a lot of risk a lot of stress and um but but i i guess i kind of enjoy that as well so um you know we still like i said we still got a long ways to go and a lot to mm-hmm. learn with trips for trade we for trade no nope we definitely had some success but but not a not a success story in any means of, of where we want to take it yet so um you know so a long ways to go but um, you know, there's also several other ideas that if, if for some reason down this road this doesn't doesn't end up where we want it, um, you know, I do think that we'll we'll continue with with uh, you know with something else or kind of pivot into something that mm-hmm. does work.
0: Sure. Uh, so this is kind of a specific question that a lot of our listeners are students, kind of my age, Kyle's age or earlier on in college. Uh, maybe some of them considering the MBA, and I know you did an MBA, your recent MBA grad. Uh, what are some things that you've learned from your MBA that have helped with your business? And would you recommend it for people that, like you just said, kind of aren't really after that working a job lifestyle? Instead, they're kind of I'm just gonna be involved in starting companies and and doing it.
2: Yeah. So I was uh, the the MBA program was was incredible. I think the the professors are awesome. What you learn is is great. But uh, you know, truly, my my biggest takeaways from it were being able to use. Uh, trips for Trade and working for Trips for Trade as independent studies, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to get—I think—I ended up getting nine or twelve credited hours just for you know didn't even have classes for it just just for working on the business and um, you know so that was very very helpful to finishing the degree. But um, you know I think the network that you build there, um, the credibility that that degree gives you with investors is important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I know for example John Casmus that's something that that really uh, I knew him briefly um, but once finishing the MBA program you know that was something that really helped build some credibility with him because um, he knew, knew Lou Marino very well but but yeah I think you know having that degree helps with credibility I don't know that it necessarily helps as much with running the business um, you know so I think in my scenario I worked for the sales program and uh, fortunately enough was able to to have that paid for and and actually make, you know, get a stipend while in school. So, you know, it was kind of dumb for me to turn that down while being able to, you know, even work on my business at the same time. Um, and then I guess the fallback option, you know, you don't ever plan to plan for a fallback, but, uh, but it does help to with is just, you know, how, how educated I guess you could say the workforce is getting, you know, the MBA is really the, the college degree of, Ten fifteen 15 years ago. But, um, I think if the business does fail, there's no doubt that I could go out and, and really get about any job that I want and, 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 and having that MBA would help me get a, you know, start out at a higher pay than, than I would otherwise. So, um, you know, it is a good fallback tool as well, but, but I think, you know, the biggest thing is the network that you're building through that program. Um, and the perspective that you get from, from kind of maturing with that that age group of people is, um, is is helpful for the business
1: yeah thank yeah, you for walking, walking us through your decision making process there um, How do you see the outdoors industry changing in the future
2: yeah so that's um you know really a hot topic for for outdoorsmen is kind of the decline there um, with some of the regulations and um and just uh, perspe- perspectives of really people that are uneducated about the, the space or are not open to it, I would say, but um, you know, everybody has their different opinions there. But I, I think that the, the hunting industry is definitely there on a decline. I think the the fishing and, and just being outdoors is actually kind of growing, but um, but I think that's one of something that we've got to really keep as a, a core goal for us. I know it is for, you know, something that we've told investors from the beginning is, you know we we want to be able to give people access to the outdoors so you know say for example lewis talking about you know never really being outdoors or, or, or in the the hunting hunting space um you know say while you're a student at alabama now you got access to swap up you know your one student ticket to an Auburn game if you really wanted to um you know to go on a turkey hunt um you know so we're giving people that that know, might not have ever had access to the outdoors you know we're letting them leverage things they do have access to whether that's a you know, a beach condo or a lake house or, um, you know, whatever that may be. And though the, yes, you, you could afford to buy a hunt or buy a fishing trip. Um, you know, since it's something you've never done, you're probably pretty skeptical about that and especially about spending money on that for the first time. And so this is kind of a less expensive way to, um, uh, you know, to try it out and see if you like it and go with somebody that knows what they are doing and, and can kind of teach you the ropes. So, um, you know, that is a core goal for us is is trying to increase the number of outdoorsmen and, and help the industry there. Um, you know, so you know, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I think there's a lot of companies and I've met a lot of them through this that are startups and um that's their goal as well. So um, you know, I think yeah, there there is a decline, but but hopefully with, with the, the increase in education of what what it really is all about, um, you know, at least maybe it can kind of flatline out.
0: Sure. Uh, so what have been some of the favorite trips that either you've done through the platform or their most popular trips on the platform? Some of the cooler experiences y'all have been able to facilitate and maybe some you've personally experienced.
2: Yeah. So a lot of our guys are turkey hunters just kind of really, that's how it started. And um, you know, so we've seen a lot of really successful turkey hunting trips uh, for me, I guess kind of finishing my grand slam through the platform was really cool. Um, you know, it all started with that goal and and being able to check that off and, um, you know, with something that, that I built was, uh, very rewarding there. Um, one of my favorites this past year was, uh, Elk Con in Colorado for, uh, overnight tuna trip in, uh, Louisiana. And so that was, you know, two guys that, that met through the platform, um, had a, both had very successful trips and, became actually business partners through that they actually oh, wow. started a, um, or, I, or they were planning to start. I, hadn't, I guess I hadn't followed up to see if they actually went through with it, but, but I know that they, they had such a great um, experience and, and just got along so well that they, uh, they were planning to go into business together and continue to swap every year, just kind of on a casual basis, not a one for one basis. So um, those stories are really cool to see how many people just become friends from, from the swaps and from the mm-hmm. platform. Um, on top of just being able to save a lot of money and go on some cool trips.
0: That's great. We also Absolutely.
2: had some, um, some cool ones like in Alaska this year that were, um, that were some neat hunting trips and fishing trips that just something I never really thought that we would have a, a presence in, a, you know, some Alaska and Hawaii. and
0: I mean, it's pretty distant uh, from starting out in yeah, rural Alabama. Alabama's. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, can you tell us your favorite hunting story? One of one of your best experiences, maybe killing that last bird on your on your grand slam, or or a different one.
2: Yeah, so I think uh, one of my favorite trips was was that when I did kill my um, my last bird in Colorado because I actually went up there and didn't didn't kill that trip with my dad. The very first swap, we found a big elk shed and had an incredible trip and and just loved it. Could have shot some birds, but just didn't really find a mature bird that we wanted to shoot, but, um, but have, uh, been back several times. And, um, and the time that I fin- did actually kill that bird was, um, I went in the fall and was on a, uh, archery hunt for mule deer as well. So it was kind of a combo deal where he let me deer hunt and uh turkey hunt. And so had just a an incredible, um, incredible mule deer hunt, didn't kill, but still had some close calls and saw some very big mule deer and really, it's really one of my new favorite passions is that spot stalk bow hunting but um but then was able to in the same same trip go turkey hunting and and you know finish my grand slam so that all in all and just beautiful country out there was uh was definitely one of the ones that i'll i'll remember forever but uh but man really honestly any any day in the outdoors is is an incredible time and uh, we actually went turkey hunting this morning and weren't successful but but just being, you know, being there for the sunrise and, and having the experience is a success in itself.
1: It's awesome. So you mentioned the coronavirus a few times uh, throughout this conversation. Could you just step or um, just press on a little bit about how that's affecting your business and how you're responding to uh, the coronavirus situation?
2: Yeah. So it's, it's definitely not the best time to be in the travel industry. Um, You know, really these, what's hurt us the most is as people are scared and and there's also the all the restrictions on travel and going from state to state so um, you know we aren't really connecting many people right now the people that we have connected are kind of tentatively planning to swap in the future and kind of talking several um you know several months out um you know, so it's, it's definitely hurt us. This, this virus is bad. we had always kind of with business plans and investor pitches and all planned for a bad economy and uh plan to, you know, that not to hurt us too bad with uh, because we are saving people so much money on these trips. And, um, but we hadn't planned for, for, you know, travel restrictions and, um, and, you know, social distancing. So, um, you know, the one good thing there is a lot of our trips are in the outdoor space. So you're not, um, you know, some of, some people are still getting outdoors. The problem is they're really not traveling to do that. Um, you know, so we're really just trying to to get through this and uh, limit expenses and pushing all of our, you know, ad spend and everything to just kind of putting that on pause till, till this blows over a little bit um, and just kind of extend, extend our runway.
0: I mean, that's probably the best thing you can be doing right now with everything going on and hopefully things just, you know, people are going to be itching to get back to it once they're allowed to, and that's the good news.
2: Yeah, I think you know our the travel industry for sure is going to be. Um, I think it'll take the biggest hit for, I guess, leisure travel. Um, it'll probably last the longest, even though you know everybody starts going back to work and all, but. I do think once it finally gets back to rolling that people are going to, and I saw some of the professionals are predicting that as well, or they're, you know, they're going to have all this built up energy and they want to go somewhere and, and maybe even a new perspective on like, all right, I need to quit being so focused on work and, and so serious about all this. Let me like go do something that I enjoy and try to check something off my bucket list and, you know what we're just letting people know we'll be there to help
0: them and i've been stuck inside for 60 days or whatever it is so i just want to see the sun <laughs> and see, see some trees or whatever it is get on a boat yeah. or something uh well thank you so much for coming on here and doing this interview with us it was great uh the last question is where can people find you if they want to support you follow you on social media find your website by a koozie absolutely
2: yes a little, yeah, little, so- little plug here yeah appreciate that uh, thank you guys for having me but uh, for trips for trade it's just tripsfortrade.com, and that's the number four um, and that's our, our social handle on all social pages um, and then my email slade at trips for trade if you wanted to reach out directly or had any questions happy to, to help especially any students that kind of have some ideas once things get back to normal if they're in Tuscaloosa and wanted to come by the edge happy to meet with some people there if we need to but um, you know happy to just be a resource if, uh, if you want some some cool koozies. Then, uh, coolercomrade.com is is the place to go for those. Um, and then, if you need some apparel, just go to com for that. So, reach out, follow us on social, and, uh, and like I said, here to be a resource and help however we can.
0: Great, thank you so much for doing the call with us, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to see you soon in Tuscaloosa when things get back to normal.
2: Absolutely, thank you cool. guys. I appreciate you having me. Cool, cool. of course.
1: Thanks for listening. That wraps up our interview with Slade Johnston. If you like the show and want to support us, please follow us on social media. On Twitter and
0: Instagram, we can be found by searching The Lewis and Kyle Show or at Lewis Kyle Show. On Facebook, we can be found by searching The Lewis and Kyle Show. If you really like the show and want to really support us, the best way to do that is by leaving a rating or a view on iTunes or simply sharing it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in a couple days with the next episode.